Thank you. Good morning, Parallel Church. So good to see you guys. It's so good to be home. We've been traveling a lot this summer. We've got to go to a lot of our different campuses, but you know what? There's no place like home. And I absolutely love you guys. We missed you when we were traveling around. Um, like Pastor Jeremy said, we are on the tail end of our series, This Is My Happy Place. Um, my husband spoke earlier on in the series, and we talked a lot about what our happy place is as a couple. And surprisingly, or not surprisingly, is we're a little bit different, me and my husband. We like different things, and when we um, when we have discussions about it, and he shared a little bit about uh, his happy place, and he was sharing about the weight and the tension of life, and how when we'd go camping, he'd have to set up the tent, and he'd have to make the fire, and he'd have to do all these things, and so it caused a weight and attention for him. When we did motorbiking, he had to balance the bike, and so there was a weight and attention in that. And when we go hiking, which is my favorite place, but we're gonna get there, he had to carry most of the weight and the backpacks and all the things, and he had to carry it up the mountain. And But the thing is, is I like those things because they're hard. I like them because they're a challenge, and I like them because of what it does when we work through our hard things. And so back in 2020, I believe, we did a series called Me, Myself, and Why. Does anyone remember that? Does anyone remember the series? We were learning a little bit about ourselves, our personalities. We were learning about the Enneagram. And I am an Enneagram 8, also known as the Challenger. So I don't just like doing hard things, I love doing hard things. And also around the same time, um, in 2020, our good friends, um, Pastor Brian and Heidi from our Close Home location, got us introduced to the idea of hiking. Now they didn't just do hiking, like walking around a lake hiking, they did like technical hiking where you have to have gear and supplies and you have to have poles and boots. And Pastor Brian and Heidi are the best people in the whole world if you wanna start a new hobby. So Pastor Heidi loves researching things. <laughs> Pastor Heidi is an investigator. She loves to know all the details about everything. She's the perfect person to take to the store because she knows all the information. She knew which boots were the best. And Pastor Brian is just a whole lot of fun. So when you do start something, that combination is absolutely perfect. Now, I had been on walks. I would probably have done what I would consider hiking in the past, but hiking on the mountain and doing a technical hike is a challenge. It's a completely different thing. You need to have a couple things when you start out hiking. You need the right resources. You need the right map. All Trails is a great app if you guys are interested in hiking. The right people. And you need strong self-awareness. Self-awareness is important on the mountain. Now, you might be sitting in this room today and you're like, well, I'm not a mountain climber. I don't like going really out in the mountains. I don't like doing that. It's a lot of work but you are on a mountain right now. In fact, you are assigned to a mountain. You are probably on a mountain right now and you don't even know it. Maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's a struggle that you're having right now with one of your children. Maybe it's a ministry or a business, but God has called you to a mountain to show others that it can be moved. And it really matters what you bring when you go on a hike. Now, we just had summer. And so we went on a lot of trips. We just came back from a conference. Do we have any overpackers? I am a self-confessed overpacker. So when I pack for a trip, I wanna pack absolutely everything. There's probably a good chance that that outfit that I haven't worn for five years is getting packed on my conference trip. 
because you don't know what you're gonna need, right? And so you start thinking about all these things. You're like, maybe we're gonna go out to a gala. Maybe we're gonna go for a walk in the mountains. Maybe I'm gonna need these or these shoes or these sandals. And then you end up packing all this stuff that you don't really need. And so we would do this even when we went on our hikes. And unfortunately it is true, Tim did have to carry most of the weight up the mountain. But I had this dream and it was a bad dream. <laughs> but um, for Christmas, I wanted something called a jet boil. If we have any hikers in the room, you might know what a jet boil is. You can use it to basically make food on the mountain, but for me, it was a fancy coffee maker. I had this dream of like making coffee on the mountain. It's a dumb dream, okay? But I had this idea, I was gonna go up on these summit hikes and I'm gonna boil my cup of coffee and enjoy the beautiful view. But the thing is, is you have to pack all that stuff up the mountain. So you have to pack the jet boil, you have to pack the beans, you have to pack the extra water, you have to carry all that with you up the mountain. And we do this. We carry our preferences with us up the mountain that we're assigned to. We carry the things that bring us comfort. We carry those things with us that we don't want to deal with. And so we need to look at what we need to unpack before we go up the mountain that we're assigned to. And the higher the elevation, the harder the climb, the less you can take to the top. You need to determine what are the most important things that you need to take with you to get there. And you can't take everybody with you to the top. I've had the privilege of um, leading a couple group hikes in the last uh, couple years. And I absolutely love it. I love bringing a group of people with us up the mountain and going and doing these hikes. But the thing is, is your pace is affected by how fast the people can go together. And so you need to be aware of who are the people that are called to the mountain that you are assigned to and who's going with you. We're gonna look at a little story here in the Bible. So if you turn with me to Matthew 17, it says, after six days, Jesus took up with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and he led them up a high mountain by themselves. He led them. When you're facing a challenge, you do need to let Jesus lead. Jesus had the crowd, he had his 12, and he had his three. He took three with him up the mountain. Now, Peter, James, and John were probably physically able to go up the mountain, but they were also mentally and spiritually able to handle some of Jesus' most challenging ministry moments. He took them up the mountain. So my question for you is, who are you taking up the mountain that you're assigned to? I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit story of uh, one of our very first technical hikes that we did. Um, we did East End of Rundle in Canmore. Does anyone, anyone familiar with that hike? Oh, I got a hiker back there. <laughs> it, is, it is a challenging hike, and this was a hike that we definitely did not prepare enough for. We were at a conference in Calgary, and we decided, you know, like after one does after a conference, is that we were gonna go and try to do this hike. I had watched people on reviews talk about the hike. They all posted their pictures from the summit. And it was supposed to be short. It was supposed to be like a two-hour hike. It was supposed to be easy, according to all trails. Well, it actually says hard, but if you read the reviews, people are like, it's a breeze, it will be fine. And I read the reviews. But the conditions matter on the hike. So this hike had it all. It had wayfinding, risk of exposure and death risk of being cliffed out, huge elevation game, scrambles, rock climbing, you name it. And let me tell you about your mountain. You're gonna have to do some wayfinding. You're gonna have to deal with some risk of exposure. You're gonna have to scramble through some loose and slippery sections. And you're gonna have to do some serious rock climbing. 
As you know, if you are in the middle of your challenge, it's going to be an uphill battle. So we started this hike around 3 p.m. It was plus 30. It was not wise. I don't recommend. <laughs> we, uh, we headed up this mountain, and the first part of this hike involves something called wayfinding. And I actually think we have a picture here. OK, that's a little bit small. But on that tree, which you can't see, which is actually like fairly close to real life, there's a little flag. And so what happens is a trailblazer goes out before and actually marks the trail in the safest way up the hill. So they go and they either they tie flags or they mark rocks and they paint them. And it's your job basically to get from like one marker to the next marker safely up the hill. Talk about a leap of faith. The issue with this particular hike and the danger on this hike is that if you don't follow those, you run the risk of getting cliffed out. Now, cliffed out is what happens when you've gone off trail and you can no longer safely go up and down the mountain. This is where you see helicopter rescues. This is where people need to call and get someone to help them, or they repel them off the mountain. This is not a situation that you want to be in. But it makes me think of Solomon in Proverbs 14, 12. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Some of us in this room are cliffed out right now. You're trapped, you're on a ledge, you need help, but you don't wanna ask. You've attempted to climb through something, and now you're stuck. In Proverbs 16, 18, it says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. We need to deal with our pride on the mountain. Edmund Hillary said, it's not the mountain that we conquer, but ourselves. And this is so true. This was so true on the hike for me and Tim. Um, we were so in over our heads on this first hike, we had no idea. We basically, we had gone through this first section of the hike that involved wayfinding. We successfully got through the trees. It was great. We climbed over the rocks and all the things and got through, but we had a problem. We were running out of water and it was hot. We underestimated the exposure. We underestimated the heat of the day. We underestimated how tired we were coming from the conference in Calgary. And as people were passing by, as you do when you're on a hike, you're like, how much longer is it to the top? <laughs> tell me, tell me how much longer is it? And they're like, oh, you have, you have such a long way to go. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, but I can see it, I can see it, it's right there. How could it possibly be that much longer? And then we came around a corner and realized something truly devastating is the whole time we had been hiking towards a false summit. And in the distance, stared at us the true summit. Now, in mountaineering, a false summit is a peak that appears to be the pinnacle of a mountain, but upon reaching it, it turns out the summit is much higher. We have to deal with the crushing disappointment, the mountain one and Tim and Jen zero, and we lie to ourselves about how much further we can go when the end is in sight. You're almost there after all. We were out of water, we were out of resources, and we were exhausted. So we sat there on the side of the mountain on the false summit, and I think we have a picture of that too. <laughs> Don't, uh, oh no, not that one. <laughs> That's next. It's all right. It's the one of me and Tim if it's up there. Anyway, there's us with like a half smile on our face. Yeah, don't, don't let that fool you. That's the eight in all of its glory right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, is, this is the face of someone in pain. Um, and so we sat there and you, you tell yourself things like, you know, if you continue, you probably won't die. <laughs> you probably won't, but I mean, there was no water and we were exhausted. 
it begs you to quit. We had to wrestle at our pride. I'm sure my husband looked at me about five times and was kind of like, are we good here? Like, are we ready to go? And I was, I was, I took my time on the false summit. And at the false summit, the longer you stay there, the more the view looks good, the more you say things like, this is probably good enough. It's okay. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. Today's just a bad day. And if you're hiking on a mountain, and you're in this place right now, I have some encouragement for you. But my question first is, where have you settled on your mountain because you're tired, burned out, because you're telling yourself that you were underprepared, yeah. under-trained, and under-resourced? And it might be true. That might be where you're at. So we sat there, dehydrated and tired, and then something happened. As we sat there, a hiker came bouncing down the mountain, as one does after they just accomplished something really difficult. She came over with all of her cheery encouragement and was like, are you guys going up to the top? You have to go, the view's amazing. And both me and Tim sat there and kind of looked at her and we're like, um, like we actually, we've decided I think that we're gonna go back. And she's like, oh, you can't do that. You have to go, you have to keep going. It's only up this thing called the dragon's back, which is the next picture. <laughs> up there, <laughs> that very loose section of scree and gravel and all that, all the way up to the top. And so we looked at it, and we looked at her, and we were kind of like, no, I don't, I don't think it's wise for us to continue. And then so she looked at her friend, and she reached into her bag and grabbed her water bottle and asked for our water bottle. And then they poured their water into our bottles and said, well, now you don't have an excuse. You have to go up. <laughs> and so we had a decision to make, and you have a decision to make we find out what we're made of on the mountain. When Jesus leads us up a mountain, when he shows us who he is and who we are, we have a decision to make. Let's jump back into our story. It says, after six days, Jesus took up with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and he led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothing were as white as light. Just there, then appeared before him Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here, as Peter would. If you wish, I would put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, who I love, and with him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Get up, do not be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except for Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. We made it up our mountain. We stood on the summit. The view was incredible. It was worth every struggle and challenge. And to this day is one of my favorite hikes because of what we learned and the lessons on the mountain. What we learned through pushing through when we die to self and we learned the power of encouragement and community we learn a lot about ourselves in the process of trying to do difficult and hard things. And it's not the elevation of the mountain that makes the difference. It's the revelation on the mountain that makes the difference. Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration revealed who he was, ultimately Christ through us. When Jesus leads you into a challenge or up a mountain, it's to reveal who he is in our weakness. He is ultimately the wayfinder, the trailblazer, the rescuer. He revealed who he is, and the truth is, is we can't stay on the mountain.
There's always the temptation to stay at the top. There's always the temptation to stay where God showed up last. But he had somewhere to go. And when we look at what happens next, it says, When they came to a crowd, a man appeared Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has had seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed in that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why can we not drive it out? And he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain. Move from here, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. What mountain? I could just see him turning around and pointing to the mountain they just came down. This mountain, the one that you just conquered, the one that revealed the truth of who I am and who you are. The climb isn't for you. The vision, the view isn't for you. What you learned at the top is for a people coming up from the bottom. And as you go down the mountain, you have a job to do. There are people on their way up that need to be encouraged, filled up, refreshed. There's people that are lost, broken, and injured, trying to find their way. There's people who are cliffed out, that are stuck, and need help. There are people that are halfway up the mountain, thinking about quitting, and need encouragement. And friends, there's not a lot of room to stay at the summit. You need to make space. If anyone's ever done a summit hike, there's literally like just this tiny little area, and then you have to move on so that the next people can come up. You can't stay at the top. You have a responsibility to those that are coming up from the bottom. There are also others waiting for you to conquer your mountain so you can help them conquer yours. Over 500 times, Bibles are mentioned in the Bible. And I believe God loved the mountains. I believe this so much, I think this could be his happy place. All throughout scripture, mountains played the backdrop of the Bible narrative. When we look at this list, if we have the list, maybe. <laughs> We see that from Genesis to Revelation, God used mountains to meet us, for people to come up to meet God, and for him to come down to meet us and show us who he is. Whatever mountain you're facing, God will meet you there. He met Noah with new provisions. He met Abraham and Elijah. He came down to meet Moses from the cross to Revelations. God meets us on the mountain, not just for you and me, but for generations to come. Today's takeaway. You have been assigned to this mountain to show others that it can be moved. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that there are people in this room right now that are facing challenges and hardships, and they're going through things, but you see them. You know where they are on their mountain. You know if they're lost, trying to find their way. You know if they're cliffed out and they need a rescue. You know if they're deciding whether or not they're going to continue or quit, Lord. We thank you that in all those situations you are with them, that you go before them, that they don't walk alone. We just thank you, Lord God, that each of these individuals that are here today, Lord God, that you're speaking to them and ministering to them right where they're at. I just pray right now for individuals that feel stuck on their mountain, Lord, that you meet them there. We just thank you so much for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Jesus spent much of his time on the mountain. From the Mount of Transfiguration, 40 days later, he was on the Mount of Calvary. He went to the cross and gave it all on that mount. One mountain revealed who he was, and the other confirmed it. At the Transfiguration, we have a glimpse of glory, and today we live in the power of the cross. 
If you have never made the decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you the opportunity to just do just that. This isn't about joining a church or a religion. It's about having a relationship with the one that created you. Now, if you would join with me in prayer with every eye closed and every head bowed, would you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross, that my past is past, that my sins are forgiven, and that I could begin a new life with you right now, in Jesus' name. Now with every head, every eye closed and head bowed, if that's you, please give us a little wave and let us know. We have a Bible for you in the lobby. We would love to connect with you and explain to you what this life with Jesus is all about. It's the best decision that you will ever make. Thank you.